Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Mindful Athlete Podcast. Today, we have a great opportunity to interview an amazing coach. Um, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Hi. Oh, my God, that was a lot of pressure. I know, right? That was an introduction. Like, um, okay, so my name is Jen Pishko. Um, I am one of the owners of Chagrin Falls CrossFit in transition to Chagrin Falls Athletics. We have uh, rebranding happening right now, so you may know us one of two ways. Um, uh, I'm also a coach here and an athlete, um, and that's in a nutshell, kind of my job. All right. So there's definitely a lot of athlete and athletic connection to who you are as a person, mm-hmm. right? It connects around a lot of your personality. Mm-hmm. What outside of that world and what titles do you hold outside of that community? Sure. So I'm a mom. Nice. Uh, I'm a wife. Um, uh, business owner, um, is in and of itself its own thing, regardless of the fact that it, it, it is of a CrossFit gym mm-hmm. or a fitness community. Um, cause there's lots of layers to business ownership that have nothing to do with fitness or athleticism or any of the relationships, right. um, between those two things. Um, so I think those are probably some of the biggest titles that I hold above and beyond coach and athlete. Oh, and I forgot to mention, if you're not used to or you have not listened to our show before, we normally average about 10 questions to every athlete that we interview. And again, athlete is a loose term because our goal is to interview all different types of athletes at all different times of their life. Because athlete gets such a general term, we want to bring the humanity back to an athlete. Um, So we're going to go through a couple questions. You already heard our first one, which is what titles do you hold? Our second question of the day is, how has being an athlete affected, changed, or altered the ways you perform these roles? Sure. Um, And I thought about this uh, a little bit um, because I guess at this point in time in my life, I don't necessarily consider myself an athlete first, which is interesting. Mm. Um, I consider myself a mom and a wife and a business owner first and then um, and a coach um, and not so much an athlete. However, I will say that the experience of being an athlete allows there to be this level of leading by example. Um, And it was an interesting process to kind of change from athlete mindset, Mm -hmm. right? To the other mindsets that kind of like focus um, and keep you focused in your day to day. And I struggled with that when we first opened because Hmm. um, I was an athlete and I was not a business owner. Um, (laughs) And I was just a a coach a little bit there. So the pressure to perform as an athlete first Mm -hmm. and then have all these other roles also kind of simultaneously come into the picture. I felt that if I was not performing as my best athlete self, then the other roles could be called into question. Hmm. Like if I didn't win the wads or I wasn't the fastest or the strongest, or I didn't do all of the things that an athlete should be doing to the fullest extent, then how did that um, affect my ability to coach or my ability to lead or my ability to do all these things? So that was an internal struggle for me a little bit, um, assuming a leadership role in other avenues right um, and then how that kind of affected my performance and my understanding of who I was as an athlete and I will tell you um, <laughs> and you would know and your yes. athletes would know that if that's going to be your primary focus whatever your primary focus on is mm-hmm. all of the other things ultimately have to take a bit of a backseat and a, and a sacrifice to allow whatever's going to be in the forefront of your 
prioritization of life, right? Mm-hmm. You can't be everything to everybody. Okay. So it's either like, what do we say in CrossFit? We say kind of like, you're a jack of all trades, but a master of none, right? So if you oh, want to be a master of something, right, right. then you can't, you can't master everything. So it almost, as, as I'm repeating back yeah. what you're saying, it yeah. almost feels like there was a time in your life where you were an athlete and your job was to be the best at everything, sure. right? You had to be the best lifter. You had to be the most flexible. And then you got into this whole new world where you were like, I'm starting at square one. Pretty much. And something has to give, right? Yeah. You can't be the best at everything. So mm. where is your focus? Where, where are you going to, how are you going to redefine your mindset? Um, and once I released the pressure of thinking that it had to be like the athlete part, mm. um, it became a much more enjoyable experience overall because it was it was what yeah. it was. You know, you take yeah. the pressure off yourself. So there was that like change when we opened. It I almost guess. feels like at a certain time you have to realize that like I gotta take my ego out of the picture. Pretty much. And like be here. Yeah. So the it almost like sounds like you needed to be more present in the current world you're in and give up half well, if you haven't heard it, that's our watch. <laughs> the wad, the wad clock just went off, so it definitely tells you that we're we're definitely in the in the box today. Um, but but that's a good time. That's a good time because we yeah. have to keep moving on to the yeah. other questions because we could talk about that topic. Sure, left we could and talk right. about that all the time. We yeah. might even have to come back and do another that's episode. To- that's totally cool. Yeah. So so we'll move on to the next question. Okay. And again, if any of our listeners want to come back and ask more about that. I'm sure, Jen, if you wanted to come back yeah, on the show, and we could, could absolutely speak about that for hours. For a long time. <laughs> absolutely. All right. So, uh, third question: If you had the opportunity to start over, either your whole life or a portion of your life, would you do it? Um, so, again, obviously, thinking about this question um, today and in this phase of my life, I feel that I'm at a very good place and mm-hmm. a, a place where. I feel that I'm in control of the things that I want to be in control of mm-hmm. um, and have experience in things that have c- caused me trouble in the past, whether it be ownership or motherhood or marriage or right. um, all of those things. So I don't know that I would change anything, not saying that everything is perfect, but I don't know that I would <laughs> feel like I feel today if I didn't have either the struggles or the experiences or all of those kind of random pieces of hardship that like just layered themselves in hmm. um I, you know because you do you want to change I don't know and it's that's a loaded question it is a loaded question like are there things that I would want to do over maybe like would I not put black turf down in the middle of the <laughs> CrossFit gym because it like shows every little speck of like grass that blows in here yeah, yeah. but at the end of the day you know what I mean but it's like just those little things yeah so um, it sounds like it was more about small minor details that, like we said before, we have to let go of. Right. Right? We right. have this perfectionist mindset as athletes that we have to be the best. And that kind of is flowing into this question of sometimes you just got to let it go. Got to let it go. All right. Got to let it go. Got to kind of embrace how you got to where you were. And I think that probably pops up in a couple other questions because yes. I think the next one, I mentioned adversity um, somewhere in, in that when I was when we were talking about it. So if we... If you wanna, yeah, yeah, no, well, four. yeah, let's go to four. So, what was something you did when you were struggling that made a real positive change? Um, okay, so I spent a lot of time in this realm of self-reflection hmm. um, and like self-evaluation and trying to understand what failures meant and then what successes meant and how they were different and how they may have also been the same. That's interesting. Um, okay. And so there was a couple, I think I, I noted four things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and so self-reflection and then through like the, the physical athlete, right. Or the workout or mm-hmm. the sport or, you know, whatever you're doing through your training. Right. Um, but you have to face really hard physical challenges for me. I have to face really hard physical challenges to remind me that one, that pain is temporary, mm. um, <laughs> that this too shall pass, <laughs> that the suffering is in fact optional. And that is a mindset Oh, no, that's interesting. Because literally this morning, I was listening to someone talk and they said, pain is an absolute, but suffering is optional. optional, Right. Mm. So your understanding and your interpretation of pain is is optional. Right. Um, And so how you embrace that with that suffering component. um, And then you are in control of your reaction to adversity. So while things may end up being out of your control, how you react to them is 100% in your control. Mm -hmm. Um, And so those four things, I can go back in and like reset myself. Hmm. Um, If I was, you know, when you were saying when you were struggling, like how do you make that into a positive change? Just reflecting and um, reminding myself of those four kind of components of of struggle right so it's and i mean that works for in the gym and outside right like in motherhood you're you're gonna have a day where your kids are just not on the same page as you (laughs) most of the days they're not (laughs) and so it's it's deciding like am i gonna just be frustrated with my child or am i gonna just have like we said let it go and keep moving right right you choose to suffer you choose (laughs) to suffer right you can you know you can be a victim of your own suffering and that's that is ultimately your choice right absolutely All right, number five. Um, what is something you're currently struggling with? I always, not just currently, <laughs> okay. I feel like I always struggle with work-life balance Ooh, okay. um, and understanding where they intersect, where they need to separate themselves, and then how to keep an efficient balance of both so that I don't feel like I'm putting one in front of the other or that mm-hmm. I'm being less of a worker and more of a mother or vice versa. Interesting. So I struggle with that a lot, um, especially being a business owner where, and you can understand yeah. this, you don't always turn it off, right? No. It's like you don't. So, and if you turn <laughs> it's it rare off, that you do. It's rare that you do. And if you do, then you're like, well, if I'm not doing something, then yeah. I, then I, I, I'm, could be making it better. Or I could be making more money or I could be doing it this way or I could mm-hmm. be improving. And so Figuring out where you're comfortable drawing the line has, is always a struggle for me. Interesting. Yeah. It's it's there's there's such a theme here to this. Again, every podcast has their own theme, right? Mm-hmm. Some is marital struggle, some is personal struggle, and I'm definitely catching two themes of this one, which is suffering is optional, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the one that we talked about earlier, which is is kind of like defining who you are and how to be who you need to be when you need to be it yes right so different mm-hmm. levels of life called yep. for different levels of Correct. you yes um so that actually brings us to the next question which is we yes. talked about struggle right yep. mm-hmm. and this one um we i have the question what is something you're currently doing well at yes. but i'm also going to add a ca- caveat to okay. this and forgive me i thought about this on the way over yeah throw it at me so i actually wrote a lot for this one so let's see if it if if anything pops up my guess is they'll probably connect um so something you're currently doing well at or something you're currently learning yes okay all right so a couple of my topic points here um i feel like i've mastered not mastered you never master anything but i feel like i've had experience um in understanding my stress levels mm. um, and how to manage them. Okay. Um, and 
compartmentalizing mm-hmm. those different subsects of life. Um, and not that I'm not stressed out right. about one thing or the other, or not, you know, not that the, the, they don't intersect sometimes, but I've worked on this self, this self-awareness that these roles can intersect. They can each become individually stressful. Mm-hmm. How can I deal with the stress of each one because it's not all the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. They may have similar themes like the suffering and this and that and the other. Yeah. But the way that I deal with the stress of motherhood is different than the way that I would deal with stress of oh, oh, business yeah. ownership or or physical like athlete stress or mm-hmm. all of those things. Yeah. And so um, just realizing which stressor is at the forefront kind of either on a day-to-day basis or like you know a a cyclical kind of evaluation Mm -hmm. or whatever it is and then and then practicing like the self-care so to speak of each of those individual like subsects of life yeah and that's an important thing that i think a lot of athletes don't talk about very much which is different stressors need different release valves and so right so you're if we're in a high stress, you know, wad or something right. like that, it's a completely different stress valve than if we're at home and we're fighting with our spouse or sure. our kids or our friends. Sure. Um, and how we react to them is different. The, don't get me wrong, like the stress, the chemicals in our body Correct. might be the exact, exact same, yes. but how to fix it is different. Is different, right. And I think that that took some trial and error, right, of realizing that like, what I would do to make myself feel better for stressors in motherhood, I needed to, to figure out a different way because it wasn't necessarily the way that I would deal with, you know, business stress or you said marital stress or, you know, just, or physical stress or whatever it was. Yeah. And so um, I feel like I have a, a handle on um, those types of, those types of things. Those, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and the hard part is that they do flow into each other. Yes. And you have to realize that, Yes, they flow into each other and yes, they affect each other, but you got to take it one by one. Right. You can't just give it like a painkiller and expect it to fix everything. Exactly. It doesn't There's work no like, <laughs> like blanketed like no. today, this is, you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just, I think that awareness and the value of compartmentalization, like especially during like the crazy times with, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic and <laughs> we didn't have childcare and then the business was closed, but now the business is open and like, redirecting our athletes and how do you coach differently now and so Mm -hmm. there's just you know in the last six months you can say that there's been a number of stress um that has kind of you know filtered in all of those like realms of life and so how do you manage that because if you don't like all of your performance suffers yeah yeah which which is the tough part because there's no blanket cure, but there is a blanket stress that goes into everything. Yes, else, yes. which which sucks. Right, <laughs> right, yep. Right. All right. Um, next question. This okay. is one of my favorite questions, okay. and I've asked this to a lot of people who've been on the podcast and who haven't been. Okay. So, if your best self met you at your worst, what would the conversation look like? Yes. So I may read a little bit of this just because I want to make sure that I don't mess it up. But um, I would say in my self-reflection that the two times where I felt my worst self existed, mm-hmm. it was after having both of my children. Wow. Um, and I don't 
I don't know that like quote unquote worst, right, would maybe be like the correct adjective for it, but it was mm-hmm. a time where I was most unlike myself physically, most unlike myself mentally, okay. most unlike myself in all of my relationships, like mm-hmm. with your spouse, with your job, um, and, and just all of the things that make you feel like you are not there. Yeah. Um, and so it was those two times were the furthest from who I was. Hmm. Um, and so that's kind of what I recalled. Um, and that that conversation would have to be like, you still need to realize that what you're doing is still your best work, even if it's your worst self. Ooh, um, that's a good line. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that's like, a really good line, yeah. And it recalls those those four points, right? Like, um, what was it? The first one was that pain is temporary. Like, I will tell you, pain in those situations is so severe, but it is, in fact, temporary, mm-hmm. right? Like, yes. from labor to healing to, <laughs> like, the, the literal physical yes. pain to even starting fitness again. Like, that is painful. The first day back Ooh. is the worst day. Worst day. <laughs> like, the there worst. was so much pain involved in that, mm-hmm. but, like, it was temporary. Yeah. And, like, those those situations they pass right yeah um and like the first time i had a child you don't really realize that Mm. they are so temporary because you're so succumbed by the change and like the actual pain so like so there's that and like then the suffering part is optional like are you going to sit here and say how bad it is or are you just going to like accept this is where it is and then that ties into like the adversity thing like (laughs) listen this is it how are you like this is your reaction to it like Mm -hmm. how are you going to handle it so um that conversation would be you know my well self right mm-hmm. we'll say well versus like you know like all the, the worst self talking that's kind of how well that I, i'm wondering if we should and again like this show is evolving and changing at all times and i almost wonder if we should change that from worst self to the time you felt least like yourself maybe maybe yeah. that'd be a better yeah. way to put that yeah you know? at least for me in that because you know and again there's probably been subsects of like worst self that have popped up in college yeah. and yeah. Like all of these different things but it's like that is was such a fleeting time but mm-hmm. like that postpartum or even like the end of pregnancy into postpartum was the longest period of time where I was my quote-unquote worst self and right. so where you could apply some of these like those lessons, those yeah. lessons. yeah well and it's hard because you really only learn the lessons after you've been through right. it which is like God, I wish I knew that six months ago. Exactly. Like, exactly. <laughs> All right. So we only have about three questions left, which okay. is just enough time. Perfect. So let's say tomorrow is the day you've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. What would happen? I would sleep. Oh, <laughs> isn't that such a wonderful thing? <laughs> I would just sleep in and I would sleep and mm. it would be okay. Oh, then, all right, that's a simple and easy one. I would agree with that 110 fold. That's all we need to do. <laughs> I think I've talked to like 10 other athletes here, and I was like, hey, what are you planning on doing on your day off? And they're like, I'm sleeping, I'm sleeping. for like 12 straight right. hours. I'm just going to sleep. <laughs> and I'm not going to worry about all of the other things that have to be done. I'm yeah. just going to sleep. And sleep deprivation is huge yes. in our world. Yes. It is massive, and yes. it causes so many mental health issues. Yes. I mean, like, I know athletes who are up at 2.30 in the morning, and they go until 10.30 at night. Like, and sometimes that's with classes and work and, yep. and friends and stress right. and family. And right. it's just... Because the one thing that is not a free-for-all is time. Right. So, like, that is the one limited, like, can't really find more of it thing is yeah. time. And of all of the things that inf- 
influence me personally as an athlete. Like I can get away with some nutrition stuff that may not be the best, but sleep 100% mm-hmm. like impacts my performance in the next day more so than like having a piece of pizza the night before. Yeah. Like it is mm-hmm. in fact my sleep and yeah. that's the biggest. <laughs> that's yeah. It, it, it kills you. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think that we have to talk about that a lot more in college athletics Sure. Because it just, it's deprived severely. And so many people think, oh, well, they're just not having a good day. Like they're lazy or they don't want to do this or they're not working hard enough. When you don't see the hours behind of what they've done and like the lack of sleep and the lack of nutrition, the lack of self-care. And that's an interesting probably time of life because college athletes are in charge of so many things on their own for the first time. Yeah. Like their nutrition, like their sleep, like their school studies, like their accountability to be places, like time management, their time management, right. When it comes down to it. And so just that inexperience in and of itself factors into how they can, (laughs) how they can make the most of their productivity and like, um, you know, we'll try to when they can and all that stuff. Just balancing that. It's crazy. And most of them haven't had to do it on their own ever. Right. (laughs) Right. And then the physical demand, increases so significantly right Mm -hmm. when you go into that next level of you know sport specific performance and athleticism and and all of that stuff that that's just a big it's a big a big head right it comes to a big head at that and if you don't have a good support system like if your coach is extremely very type a individual or very harsh on you and you're not used to building your own self-confidence in the face of others like you can get destroyed real quickly if yep. you haven't had to face that in your world. Sure. Like, sure. so that's definitely another another episode. We'll definitely Absolutely. get into that one. Um, all right, so question nine. What self-care routines have you found really help you in the long term? Um, so obviously fitness, right? right? So mm-hmm. that's probably like my priority now. And again, the, the change was I don't fitness for athlete performance anymore. I fitness for like the mental component of it. So mm-hmm. like what it does for me mentally has, has given me so much more when you take the athlete pressure out of it. So it's a very different relationship I have with it now. It's a much more enjoyable relationship. <laughs> um, and so I'm using it for different things right now. So that's right. more of like a self-care, self-preservation, like cool yeah. thing with my like with with fitness. Um, and that that right that fitness component um, and the idea of feeling strong and confident then transcends into so many other different layers of my life. Hmm. Um, and it's just as much as you need to keep the things compartmentalized so that you can like avoid the stressors kind of running into each other. The benefits of the strength and the confidence that comes from you know a fitness slash athlete experience right can can mm-hmm. benefit then i think other facets of my life and that's yeah. kind of like my my self-care routine um and then i also think that um friends are crucial um yeah. so like the not that they're not permanent but like the relationships with people that maybe are a little lighter Mm-hmm. Um, and that don't have to be followed with some of the heavy conversations that you would have with your spouse or with your children all the time or um, with your business partners or just mm-hmm. all of the things that hold so much weight and water, but yeah. just like kind of like the floofy stuff and like that that space to have like floofiness. Yeah. Um, I like that word floofiness. Yeah. <laughs> I, and, and that's important because so often we get we get our friendships from the world we're in. And sometimes it's nice just to have that person who has no connection. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, I just need to step away yep. and be with this person yep. for 10 minutes, yep. like, yep. which is vital. And I think a lot of athletes today don't necessarily have that. Or sure. if they need to step away, it's not right. necessarily the healthiest environment. Right. 
um, and finding a way to have relationships with people that allow you to be your freest self, mm. like without the pressures and the stresses and the restrictions of the other types of relationships that you have, which is why I think for athletes specifically, um, at higher levels, it's really important to have relationships with other people besides just their coaches mm. that they can find a leadership in and build relationships that they can then take with them and apply it into their their sport in specific because like it's a very close relationship that happens with co- like sport specific coach and athlete right yeah. and so I think you lose a little bit of the dynamics um, and so like a like probably what you do with your athletes, (laughs) (laughs) you know, there you go. And for anyone who doesn't know exactly what I do, um, I do one-on-one training with athletes. I am that third person because we have so many athletes that I run into and that I work with that don't have a healthy home, that don't have healthy coach relationships or don't even have really healthy friendships. Um, and so I am that third party. So that is, that's what we're talking about in that world. And, and, and for me a little bit as well, we have a a handful of athletes who, um, are, you know, fantastic athletes and people, and they're just, they're looking to take a leg up from where they are in their sport specific environment and add a new layer of whether it be competitiveness or drive or mental fortitude or whatever. And so they, they just look for coaching uh, in Mm -hmm. a different way to just kind of keep them climbing up the pyramid. Yeah. Um, It's that outside view that like, Mm -hmm. I've talked to everybody I know, but I still can't figure this out. And sometimes, and I think I definitely ran into this with college when like I had to give up my sport because of concussions and that was a really hard day. Right. And so I had only talked to other athletes about how they felt about it. And they were like, oh, well, that sucks. That must be yeah. life ending, blah, blah, blah. Right. And I was like, that's well, now helping. I'm depressed. Right. Yeah, that's not, in that's fact, not good me at all right now. And I think the most wonderful time was that when I somehow, by some universal power, I got thrown into a musician dorm. And I have no clue how this happened, but to this day, that is that friend group that when I need to get out of my world, I sometimes will go spend time there. And you've got to have a diversity of worlds. You do. It's true. Like if you don't, you're going to run into this humdrum life where you need to continue learning and educating yourself on all these different things. Mm -hmm. Okay. So final question. You ready? Mm -hmm. All right. So if there is another athlete out there that is listening to this podcast and is battling some of the same problems you faced, what would you tell them? that your life is in fact a very long book Mm. right um and that any one thing is but a chapter if that if not part of a chapter Mm. and so you it all adds up right to create this story but like where you are right now does not necessarily need to be self-defining it does not need to be definite definitive or anything permanent Um, and that depending on your mindset and how you choose to work through these things, you can, you can change course, you can reevaluate, you can redevelop, um, you, you can, you, you can, you can, you can do these things. things. Um, so yeah, so I would say that's probably, let me see if I had anything else in my notes here. Um, yeah. Oh, and the other thing too, and this would be maybe specific, I don't know, to everybody, but that change is so uncomfortable, mm, right? Mm-hmm. And like the process of change brings such a level of discomfort to yeah. what you're doing um, that if you feel like you aren't getting to where you need to be, like, are you really willing to be that uncomfortable? And are you really willing to allow 
the change to happen and mm. not fight the discomfort. Um, and that takes a lot of practice. Yeah. That takes, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, that willingness to like go down that rabbit hole and be so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't necessarily mean like all of the pain all the time, but it's just uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and it's scary and it's all of those things. So, um, yeah, the willingness to suffer and feel pain, to get uncomfortable, to be honest, be humbled. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the reality is, is that what we talked about earlier, pain is temporary. Right. Like, don't go wrong. If you, and also realize that when you have pain, find the resources to get out of it. Yes. Like, don't just sit there and say, oh no, this hurts. Right. We have to look at ourselves and be like, okay, I wasn't responsible for me receiving the pain, but I am responsible for me healing it. Correct. At the yes. end of the day, that's what we're here for. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. And a true understanding of what that pain is indicative of. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, and it's not just physical pain. Obviously. Oh, no. You know oh, I mean? no. Like, there's the yeah. emotional, there's the mental, there's the combination of all of the things. There's, you know, and intensity isn't always physical either. So mm-hmm. where, you know, where are you, where's your breaking point with intensity? Is it in your honest relationships with people? Is it in your honest relationships with yourself? Like, where do things get the most intense that you can no longer go there? Mm-hmm. It's the same with an athlete, right? Where does the intensity give where your brain shuts off before your physical capabilities do? Like, mm-hmm. where is where is your breaking point with intensity and how are you willing to, to move past that discomfort right. and allow it to yield and wield different results? Yeah, because um, I think a lot of people are afraid of change because they're afraid of the pain. Oh, yeah. But the thing is, you got to expect pain to come like it's just part of life it's part of the equation like but that also again that pain is such a short period of time time. with so much gain after it right and this again goes for maybe breaking off an unhealthy relationship that those things are painful like i've seen so many athletes stay in friendships relationships coaching coaching relationships that just aren't healthy like they're not they're not what's best for you and each athlete needs to attain their own you know, set of rules that says, I stick with a coach who respects these rules, or I don't stay with a coach because of these rules. And I think we need to definitely have more conversation around empathy and ethics with coaching. For sure. Because I I think for a long time, we've just thought, we need to push you until you break. And then once you're, once you're broken, we'll figure it out. Right. Right. Which we need to change it to we're going to grow you as best as we can with all aspects of who you are. And I think that there's um, a, a paradigm shift that needs to happen, and it's a really hard battle to fight. And I know because I've had a number of conversations where sports-specific coaches maybe overstep their boundaries with mm-hmm. coaching. Yeah. Not not in, in, in inappropriate, that's not what I'm saying, but like I don't know how to create the best lacrosse place. Right. It's not my area of expertise. No. But if you are a lacrosse coach and you can form defensive and offensive plays and you can organize a team and you can figure out and you can work that, I don't know that that's the only type of coach a D1 lacrosse player should have. Right. right? I exactly. don't think it just like you don't get the same thing out of relationships out of you don't get everything out of one relationship with everybody you have yeah. a number of relationships to fulfill what you need as a person yeah. and I think that as an athlete that's a very important thing as well because you're only talking about one very small subsect of performance there and it would be beneficial to have coaches that are able to do different things for different yeah reasons and with different goals and same reason about. why you you train weightlifting and I try I train mental lifting sure just two different times of weightlifting yeah. but they each are their own world yeah right and yeah. there's never going to be a time where this I will never say never let's change that let's change sure. that word but the likelihood of me going and specializing in weightlifting probably is not that high 
but I do specialize a little bit more in, in the mental health yeah. world, right? right? And don't get me wrong, like I dibble dabble in all the other worlds. But if someone wants to come to me, this is what I do. I'm not going to go tell you how to lift 180 pounds. Sure. Like that's not what I do. Right. Just right? like a coach who is really good. There's like a coach <laughs> who's really good at their sport specific requirements. Mm-hmm. Like there's a number of other layers, and athletes are so different from one another and require so many different catalysts to create their best performance and like respond very differently to team environments and coaching environments and um practice and nutrition and like they're just they just need so much that um that you know creating a full support system i think is really important so for any athlete for for any any human really let's be honest (laughs) yeah okay well we're officially towards the end of our show and i want to thank you so much for taking the opportunity and any athlete or any human being who connected to something in our show today we're so happy you're here if you have any questions please head over to the website themindfulathlete.com we have a contact us page that if you have questions or concerns or you want to hear about something please 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 contact us because we want to talk about it we want to bring the level of humanity back to athletics um we want to be real about who we are okay so thank you guys again and we'll see you next time